um, the, the, the rest of the, here, we're going to cut. My dad just called. Um, I'm sure you are well acquainted with all of the procedures that you need to go through to submit a maintenance request. Let's say your dishwasher floods. You obviously know who you need to reach out to, what website you need to go to, to get that taken care of, right? You highly overestimate me. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's be honest. You you overestimate my abilities. Well, all right. Well, hey, thankfully you live in an apartment that's nice enough. To where you don't student have to pass worry money. Yeah. About, you don't have to worry about your light bulbs exploding, We're which happened good. to me twice. <laughs> I was on the phone with you when my light bulb exploded. That really? if you're watching the video, that light bulb that's dangling right there, it exploded. It caught oh. on fire. So I call maintenance and I'm like, hey guys, can y'all come out, fix my light bulb, take care of it? And they're like, sure, we'll be there. Well, I go to bed that night, not thinking of anything. I go to bed at a reasonable hour, okay? 11.15. That's reasonable. For you, I'm yes, I'm sound asleep. I'm sound yeah. asleep. And at 7 o'clock in the morning, my alarm goes off. Now, there's two alarms. If you don't live in an air, like in a house or an apartment that has an alarm, there are two alarms. You have the just the constant beep. That's that it's not loud. You're like you're good. You gotta you have a minute to turn the alarm off, but after that minute. Then you got the then you got the big boy alarm, the alarm that's gonna let everyone know someone's breaking into your house. Well, maintenance decides to waltz their way into my apartment at 7 a.m. They don't turn the alarm off, so I'm in my bed, asleep, about to wake up at 7:30 because I'm I'm good, I'm I'm disciplined, and. My alarm goes off at seven. Like I'm crawling on the floor, like trying to grab whatever I can to knock someone out because like someone died in the parking lot a couple weeks ago. What? And yeah, that's a whole nother intro to a podcast, but I'm like, I'm ready to throw hands. Okay. I open the door and it's my maintenance people working on my light fixture. Oh, sorry. We didn't know someone was here. What does that mean? Well, one, I'm yeah. very happy you went to bed at 11 o'clock. Two, Thank I'm you. so shook that somebody died in your parking lot. There's a whole thing in a Jeep. It's, 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 it's <laughs> hey, I, I have so many I'm, thoughts and questions. I'm on that student pastor. I mean, my student pastor and your student pastor are very different student pastors. <laughs> We're trying to make it. All right. We got trash service over here, <laughs> sir. We got. <laughs> I'm saying, I went to Reagan's apartment the other week, and they're picking up trash. You just gotta put it by your door. 
But okay, and but this is, this is going to sound first world problems, but they don't take it in a timely manner. So like it en- it ends up just being like trash just sits outside my door for like two days, and it's Bro. real gross. And now I got to walk all the way downstairs, put oh. the trash on my car. Drive like two minutes to the other side of my apartment <laughs> complex. Put the trash bag. It's a whole ordeal. It's a whole ordeal. Your, yeah, that sounds so difficult. I'm so also, sorry. Can I tell you how difficult my life is? Very, very quickly. My yeah, mailbox please. is half a mile away from my apartment. It's in like the center of my apartment complex, and so okay, this just shows you I'm That's not tough. I'm not a lazy person, but when it comes to certain things. I am as lazy as it gets because I have not checked my mail in over two months because I'm like, when I'm driving by, I'm like, do I want to get out of the car right now? Uh, I don't, that toll, that I don't toll know. you went through a couple months ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's racking up interest. I got bills on bills on bills. I mean, everything's electronic now. I'm like, I already paid that. That's I paid true. that. That's true. But it's like one t- one time somebody wrote me a thank you note or something like that, like something sweet with a gift card. And it was like two months after I, I, I went and spoke at an event or something like that. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Darn. Like, <laughs> I, pro- I promise. Hey, like, I, I texted you as soon as I saw this. <laughs> I just saw it two months, months later. later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Hey, apartment problems. All right. We, we all, all have not- hard lives. Yeah, you have you to know. drive to get your mail. Yeah. I don't have a trash can. Someone died dealing. in your parking lot. I have to drive Light a half a mile exploding. to get the mail. Yeah, it's <laughs> rough lives here. Well, uh, welcome, everyone. What is up? My name is Victor, and I am a student pastor in the state of North Carolina at a local church. <laughs> you mixed it up that time. <laughs> I was going to freestyle it. Yeah, and, uh, and my name is uh, Reagan Jones, um, also a student pastor at a local church in North Carolina. And welcome to Sanctified-ish Conversations with Pastors Who Have Not Figured It Out. Um, and today we are talking about a, a hot-button phrase. This is like one of the Mount Rushmore of Christian bumper stickers. Um, you've probably heard this phrase before, and it is the phrase, hate the sin, love the sinner. Um and this is kind of an interesting topic to go at it because even before we even got into this this episode, Vic and I were talking, we have both heard completely different contexts yeah. in which this phrase has been used. Like I've heard it in an evangelistic context where it's like when people are trying, Christians are trying to explain to non-Christians the gospel basically. And it's like, hey, God hates the sin, but he loves you. And yeah. for a non-believer who does not have a concept of the Bible or sin, you're calling out their sin and they think it's their identity. So what they're hearing is you hate me. Oh, and by the way, I love you, which I think is the reputation that a lot of Christians get. It's like, Hey, we hate you, but God loves you. Like, I think that's like, whether that's true or not, I think that's the reputation that a lot of Christians get. And so that's the phrase, uh, that's at least the context that I've heard the phrase in, but I know Vic, you have a very different context in which you've heard it. Yeah, it's so interesting because when you were telling me about that, I was like, wow, it makes sense why people think Christians hate them. (laughs) It just makes sense because for non-believers, their sin is their identity. It's who they are. Right. I'm rich. I'm prideful. I'm the boss. I'm the owner. You know, um, I identify as this like their sin is the identity that they bring on. And Christians, we do this, too. Yeah. But when we use that as an evangelistic tool, totally communicates, hey, I hate you. Yeah. But also I love you. 
which means which that you hate them. Confusing <laughs> yes. and theologically wrong at the same. So it's like it's a there's a whole yeah. list of things that kind of go into it. But I think the unique yeah. thing here is that you had never heard it being used in never. my context, and I had never heard it used in your context either. Yeah, so I've heard it in the context of people talking from the point of view of God, like the perspective of God. So you've heard it from Christian to Christian or Christian to non-Christian, relational, horizontally. Yeah. And I've heard it from the perspective of God hates the sin but loves the sinner. And that's why, like, I've never I, – I don't like semantics and I don't like playing with phrases and words and taking lofty theological concepts and trying to squish them into a sentence. Like, I think it's really hard. And unless you have time to explain and nuance it, like in sermons, then I think that these sticky statements, isolated, can be really dangerous. Yeah. So I've never really engaged with it. But when I hear it from Reagan's perspective, and I'm sure there are tons of you that have heard it that way before this opens up a really difficult conversation because we're communicating to non-believers that we hate them. Yeah. And our goal as Christians, like the thing we have been called to is to go therefore and share the gospel with everyone, every tribe, nation, tongue. And the gospel is a love letter. It's a love message from God to his people. So how can we communicate a love letter when we're saying that we hate you? <laughs> but I think the gospel also includes God hating sin um, because yeah. that's the premise for the cross. I think like the cross is very complex and you see these two things coming together where it's like God hates sin. That's why the cross exists. God also yeah. loves people. That's why the cross exists. And so like both of those things can be 100% true at Calvary. Um, and so like even when you yeah. say like from God's perspective, like this is why this statement is so complex and very, very tricky um, is it theologically God does hate sin? Yeah, um, hundred percent. He he hates it, utterly hates it, and yes, he also does love sinners. Um, and both of those things can be true. And so I also like I agree with your perspective of it. Um, and now I think yeah. we're kind of going to get into like what is orthodoxy, right theology versus orthopraxy, how that theology is lived out in our lives. And I think this is kind of where we're going to see a disconnect between, yes, I think that's theologically, I think that's a good statement, but I think the way we have been using it disqualifies us from using it at all. Yeah. And it actually makes me think of Job because Job's friends, go go read the book of Job. And what you'll notice is when, Job fran- when Job's friends talk, when they say things to Job, their theology is actually pretty good. Like it's, it's not perfect, but it, it's not terrible. Like yeah. in the old Testament, it's pretty clear. Like when the Israelites are glorifying God and walking in obedience, God blesses them when they're not. God punishes them. Like this is the, the kind of the, the foundation that Job's friends are operating from. So their theology yeah it's kind of good. It's, it's, it's there. Yeah. But they're completely and utterly in the wrong. And I think this is very similar to what we're talking about here because like the theology is there. Yeah. God hates sin. And from the reform perspective, a lot of people say God hates sin and God hates the sinner because there are plenty of instances in scripture 
where God says, hey, I hate all evildoers. Yeah. I hate everyone that is wicked. I hate them. Yeah. Can't be in their presence. And you want to talk about theology there? Okay, well, it's there. You can't ignore it. Does God hate sinners? Because if, if you operate from that position then what's the point of the cross? But like, that's, that's the whole point is that like theology and God is so complex where I don't think he's one or the other. And yeah. oftentimes we try to have these either or statements like God is this and not this. God does this. We and box not him this. up nine times out of 10. The answer is yes. Um, yeah. Because like, I hate that phrase with a passion. God hates the sin and the sinner. I hate that phrase with a passion. Yeah. But theologically, it's not necessarily wrong that yeah. God does hate sin. That's established. But he also does hate sinners. And like you look at Sodom and Gomorrah, a city that had no good in it, according to yeah. the Bible. You look at Psalm 5. We were talking about that like off camera before we got on here. Like There are examples in the Bible. Even Psalm 139, David prays, teach me to hate yes. what you hate. Teach yes. me to hate wickedness. And like there is this idea in scripture of like, no, God does hate sinners. And honestly, we are too as well. But at the same time, God loved us yet while we were still sinners. Yeah. And even John three sixteen, like for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, that whoever so believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. The believing yeah. in eternal life comes after God loving you. God yeah. loved you. Therefore the cross it wasn't the cross happened, therefore God loved you. And so, like, you have these two different, two sides of the same coin when it comes to God. Uh, he hates sin and hates people that do wicked, but he also loves them long before they ever loved him, and he loves them enough to die for them, and both of them can be 100% true. Here's my problem with it. That can be 100% true about God. That is 0% true about me. And so there is never a time where I can look at somebody and perfectly say, I hate the things that you do and love you completely. And that's the thing that that phrase tries to encompass. So when I say that phrase, I'm comfortable saying that about God. But when I say that phrase about God to another human being, especially if they don't know Jesus, they're not hearing all the things that we just explained. They're hearing what you explained earlier on is like, Man, my, my sin, my pride is my identity. It's who I am. I'm a self-made person. And you're calling me out. Like, you don't know what I've gone through. You don't know the things that I've worked for in this life. And you're, you're telling me that I'm sin? I yeah. am sin? Um, that's where I think there, there's, a, there's a big disconnect between the theology and how we actually use it. Yeah, and I think one thing that I've been thinking through recently is that we, as Christians, kind of at large— have begun to use these phrases less as a way to describe what we believe and more as just like saying what we believe. There's a big difference between the two. When God hates the sin and loves the sinner, that is a statement that is summarizing something larger Mm -hmm. or it's attempting to summarize something larger. And ultimately, language is not perfect and it's going to fail us at some point. And when we try and take the majesty and sovereignty and beauty and the largeness of God and and box it into this one sentence, we're going to lose something. Yeah. And 
what happens is, is people have now begun just to take this statement mm-hmm. and claim it as their theology. So now this statement is no longer describing something big. This statement is the big thing. Yeah. Yes. And so when we have yes. conversations like yes. this, it's like, my theology isn't wrong. Yes. It's not. My theology is right. This is what I was taught. This is what I believe. And and so we've made these statements that we've adopted as our base theology rather than something that points to this larger picture. The problem is we've been taught catchphrases, not theology. And so we've been taught God hates the sin, loves the sinner. We have not been taught the theology. We've not been taught the verses. We've not been taught about all these different things. So like you just said, the bumper sticker becomes the theology. And I think there's a lot of well-intended Christians that want to communicate the truths of the gospel, that God, yes, God does hate sin, but he also loves sinners. And that is both of those things are 100% true, but you slap that bumper sticker on top of it, and that becomes your whole evangelistic theological argument. And that is not sufficient. That statement is not sufficient to encompass the heart of God and his hate for hate to hate for sin and his love for people. Yeah. And the way like there's kind of that old old illustration of icebergs and the water where it's like what you see is like 2% of the iceberg, right. but there's 98 un- underneath. The 98 is the important part. All you're seeing is the 2. And so if the 2% at the top causes somebody to not understand or love so if, the, if that 2% causes someone to not understand or grasp the beauty of the 98, that 2% should be tossed out. Yeah. So I think that's my argument for this phrase is I don't think it is a, when we're talking about rhetoric and words, if the message gets lost in the medium, the medium needs to be thrown out um, yeah. because the message is too important for it to get lost in translation. And... Man, does this open a massive conversation? Think like we've even talked about worship and worship music, and like there is creative liberty when it comes to music, but sometimes the medium of creative liberty causes us to sacrifice the truths that are found in Scripture for the sake of like sounding good or sounding neat or sounding you know modern or hip. And so this is something that I think encompasses. All areas, and I think it's something that we have to be careful of. When we start letting these small phrases begin to define what we believe rather than the, the, I mean, infinite depth and truth that's found in the scriptures, yeah. like we have totally and completely missed the mark because yeah. we cannot understand God in a sentence. And so we should stop really trying to do that. Our yeah. minds are not capable of it. Yeah. So rather, let's spend our time and energy and focus on understanding God deeper and reaching people in a more effective and intimate way with the truth of the gospel. And so mm-hmm. if we had to like sum the purpose of this podcast up, it's not that we hate a statement or we hate the language that Christians use. It's that we want us to be more mindful of the way we're choosing to communicate the truths of God to others. Because the way in which we do that verbally and just in our life with our actions is of monumental importance. Well, and here's, here's what I kind of want to bounce back to that 
is that that statement, so in an evangelistic context, that statement will have power based off of the relational capital that you have with that person yeah. and the way that you've lived your life. So if the way that you live your life is that they will know you're my disciples by the way you love one another. If you have spoken truth in love, truth is a dichotomy. Truth is that, yes, you are a sinner, but truth is that you are loved beyond belief. That is truth. And oftentimes we live our lives and we share truth as you are a sinner, but God loves you. That's half truth. Yeah. And so yeah. when we live our lives in relationship to people who don't know Jesus in a way that says, I love you as God loved me. And then I'm able to say a statement like, hey, this is what I read in the Bible. This is what I believe about the Bible. Yeah. This is what I believe the Bible says about sin, and I'm not going to back away from that. But you also know that I love you, and I love you because a God first loved me. Yeah, That's where I think this statement can actually work. Yeah, I think the reason it doesn't is because we have a discipleship and an evangelism issue in the church where, one, we do not friend people who do not look like us, act like us, vote like us, or have the same religion as us. And so we use this bumper sticker as an end-all, be-all, apart-from-relationship that it turns yeah. into a climactic ending to a debate yeah. instead of something that comes out of, honestly, kind of good theology and yeah. a life well-lived in relationship with that person. Yeah. I got nothing more to say. I think I think that hits it right on the head. Um, yeah. And we accomplished something monumental today. <laughs> a 20-minute tw podcast. Look at the Lord. This is something Look that we've Lord. really been trying to do. Um, it's tough because there's like a million things I think we could have said also on this. But I think yeah. I think we did a pretty good job of narrowing it down to the to the most important things that we that we believe. So, Can I say one more thing with this? This is more towards evangelism okay, and stuff like 20, that. It's not a 20-minute podcast anymore. This is this will be 30 seconds, I promise. Um, this is for Christians. The way you live your life matters a lot more than those bumper stickers. And yeah. your walk will talk. And so we focus a lot on these bumper stickers. But man, if you live your life in a way that Jesus calls us to live, that like, yes, still honors holiness, still calls sin, like speaks truth and love, but yes, loves like Jesus has loved us, that is going to speak volumes, volumes more than those simplistic phrases. And I think we put so much energy into those phrases and very little energy into our witness. Yeah. That's good. See, well, 30 seconds. You're guys, welcome. 30 seconds. Beautiful. 22-minute podcast. That's still a record. Boom. Um, if, if you guys enjoyed the episode, please let us know. Send us an email, sanctifiedish at gmail.com. You can let us know what you thought. Just have a conversation with us. Let us know what you think. Ask some questions, and we'd love to chat with you and get to know you a little bit better. You can check us out on TikTok at ReaganJones97 at Rotsiv157. Uh, TikTok algorithm hates us. It has kicked us to the curb, and it does, and we don't know what to do. So please come help our self-esteem and come like our videos and it's follow needed. us. We would really appreciate it's it. Needed. And leave us a review here on podcast, wherever you listen to the podcast from Apple, Google, Amazon. If you're like the six people who listen to it on some fourth party app that I've never heard of, 
Start using Apple. Those, thir those 13 people in Bangladesh. Guys, shout out to y'all. Shout, shout, shout out Bangladesh. Out. We see Come you. Come on, y'all. We see Bangladesh. you, Bangladesh. We got Ireland, the UK represented <laughs> out here. Welcome. Thank you guys for listening. We've really enjoyed the recent growth um, that we've been experiencing. And so thank you for that. Yeah. If you've really enjoyed the podcast, share it with a friend. Hopefully yeah. they will benefit from it as well. And yeah, guys, that's it. We will see you in the next run. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on, guys. That's it. We will see you in the next one. Until then, take care. And God bless. Say something. To you, make fun of me. Go ahead. You really screwed that up. <laughs> <laughs> you had one job. You get one wife. It's the way the world works. My <laughs> goal